for our podcast. Enjoy the show. What's the flight situation? Simple. There's no way on earth we're going to get out of here tonight. <laughs> We'd have more luck playing pickup sticks with our butt cheeks than we will get in a flight out of here before daybreak. Hello, and welcome back to the Movie Bar Podcast, the average movie podcast for average movie fans by average movie fans. Today, I am your host, Justin, and I am here with my one and only co-host, John. Hello. The bar is now open. Welcome to episode number 32. Today is November 21st, 2022, and this will drop tomorrow, November 22nd, hopefully, on Cameron Mingle's birthday. So, happy birthday, Juba. Happy birthday, Cameron. Uh, yeah, we're without our third host this week. He's a little bit under the weather. So, we'll see if we can do without him. Covidia. No comment. Get so, well soon, Kyle. So I guess we can't play Has Kyle Seen It this week. No, no, we can't. Oh. Oh, well. Well, in the housekeeping, we, we, we will uh, go over the uh, ever-growing list of <laughs> those that we have lost here in the last week, which uh, started with John Aniston, who is the father of Jennifer Aniston. He passed away. He was 89. I mean, I don't know what else he did, but he graced this world he, with Jennifer Aniston. So, yeah. that's He, that's he was actually a soap opera star. I believe he was on um, yeah. One Life to Live or Days of Our Lives or something Okay, for many, many years. Now, still, like I said, he was Jen, so. You know, yeah, that was probably his best accomplishment. It's a lot one of you remember for. Uh, and then you have uh, Jason David Frank, the original green and white ranger from the original Power Rangers. He passed away. He was 49. Young guy there. And I wasn't a Power Rangers fan, but. I wasn't either, but, you know, kind of over the years, nostalgic towards it. You know, I, I watched it every now and then. Um. But yeah, this was a surprise. I believe he died by suicide. Yes, yes it was. Right, so. <laughs> ah, and then this this one hurt to hear. I, I remember watching many and many a comedy specials for this one. Gallagher has passed away back on November 11th. He was 79. I mean, the Sledgematic man. Come on. Ah, uh, that's that that stinks. That stinks. Those are too many comedians. Too many comedians. And then we have yeah. uh, Nikki Acox from Supernatural. She was 47. Uh, youngest on this list. I I never really watched Supernatural, so I can't say I know who she is. Yeah, I, Unfortunately, I apologize for that. But uh, Then uh, we had uh, last-minute addition here. Uh, James Winburn, the original Michael Myers, has passed away at 85. Yeah, they believe he passed away over the weekend, but um, the news just kind of broke today, and our condolences to everybody affected by these. Um, You know, we we actually, we have a board at work, and we've written down six actors, actresses up in age, and, you know, Bob Barker, Clint Eastwood, um, 
few other people, and it's like, and then you look at this list, the oldest being 89 and the youngest being 47. I mean, mm-hmm. so time will tell. Everybody Thanks goes. Does not discriminate. So, um, yeah, um, I came across an interesting fact over the weekend. Robert Patrick is the only actor to be killed on screen by Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone, and Bruce Willis. Uh, he was killed by Bruce Willis in Die Hard 2, where Willis kills Patrick. He was killed by Schwarzenegger in one of Patrick's best-written roles in Terminator 2. He played a the role of the unstoppable assassin, which eventually whizzes out against the Terminator through a grenade launcher. And finally, Stallone killed him in Copland, where he plays a corrupted cop, and Stallone takes him down. I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. As many movies as those guys have done, and you know, you think part of that list, but he's the only one. Did you know his brother is the lead singer of the band Filter, who did that song? Uh, you know, the photograph there. Um, so yeah, Nickelback. Nickelback? No, Nickelback, no, not Nickelback. Not that photograph song. The other one, the one, uh, oh, Did You Want to Take My Picture? That one. Did you want to take my picture? Really? That was his brother? Yeah. That's his brother, and that's actually oh, wow. about him, him being naked on an airplane. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I guess if you're going to write a song, write a song about being naked on an airplane. Yeah. Wanting to take yeah. a picture. Okay, now I believe you said you had to give some grief regarding a, a movie. Uh, no, we talked no, we'll about get it. Into that. I was going to get into that in the movies I've watched. Okay. Well, let's start off with upcoming movies. All right, coming out we have The Sun. Peter has his busy life with new partner Beth and their baby thrown into disarray when his ex-wife Kate turns up with their teenage son, Nicholas. I... It sounds like something that might happen to me someday. Oh, is that why that's on here? <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, and then we have Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery. Famed Southern detective Benoit Blanc travels to Greece for his, his latest case. I do look forward to this movie because the first one was tremendous. I really believe was. it's on streaming too, isn't it? Yeah. I'll, I'll well, we'll get, we'll get to that. Chance. Yeah. I will watch it when I get a chance. All right, so some uh, upcoming Blu-rays releasing November 21st. Uh, WALL-E is coming to 4K. Have you shown your kids WALL-E yet? Uh, I can't begin to count how many times. I don't think Hunter's seen that yet. I might have to show that to him. I think he'll love it. There was um, a long time where they were watching whatever Disney movie was on you know, TV at the time. So, yeah, that gets played a lot. So, um, we also have Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is coming to 4K. Uh, Malcolm X is coming to 4K and Blu-ray. High Plains Drifter coming to 4K. Mystery Man, the Ben Stiller movie. You ever see that one? I do. I like that movie. That's a funny movie. I don't think I've ever seen it. It's coming up. Oh my God, so I might have to get that. Pee Wee Herman, Harry Shearer, Greg yeah. Kinnear. I remember all the advertisements, but I just I don't think I've ever seen it. Uh, the Company mm-hmm. of Wolves is coming to 4K. Uh, 1975's Rollerball is coming to 4K. 
Uh, Shrek 2 is coming to 4K. The Sony Pictures Classic 30, 30th Anniversary Collection 4K, which includes Orlando, The City of Lost Children, The Celluloid Closet, Run, Lola Run, Sick Punk, The Devil's Backbone, Bulber, SLC Punk. Uh, oh, SLC Punk, sorry. Uh, Schenectady, New York, Still Alice, Call Me By My Name, and Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Interesting. Also, we have Puss in Boots coming to 4K, Ski Patrol coming to Blu-ray, Pennywise, the story of it, the documentary is coming to 4K, um, Children Shouldn't Play With Dead Things is coming to 4K, Bros is coming to 4K and Blu-ray, Gambit is coming to Blu-ray, and The Final Countdown is coming to 4K. All right, and then we got what's coming to streaming here. We got Troll coming on the 1st of December here in 2022. Deep inside the mountain of Dover, something gigantic awakens after being trapped for a thousand years. Destroying everything in its path, the creature is fast approaching the capital of Norway. But how do you stop something you thought only existed in Norwegian folklore? Hasn't that, I thought that hair's already out. Be honest. No. It was saying... Is this a different movie troll? I guess so. Uh, I think we had seen a tra- uh, trailer. Might have seen a trailer for it, but... I could have sworn this was on Amazon at some point. Anyway. Emancipation. Uh, December 2nd on Apple TV, inspired by the gripping true story of a man who would do anything for his family and for freedom. When Peter, an enslaved man, risks his life to escape and return to his family, he embarks on a perilous journey of love and endurance. Never I heard. believe this is the... It's a Will Smith movie. That's probably why it hasn't uh, gotten a lot of... Uh, <laughs> you could slap a couple people. Yeah. <laughs> we have uh, Smile on Paramount Plus streaming now as you hear this. After witnessing a bizarre traumatic incident involving a patient, Dr. Rose Cotter starts experiencing frightening occurrences that she can't explain. As an overwhelming terror begins taking over her life, Rose must confront her troubling past in order to survive and escape her horrifying new reality. I haven't seen anything, heard anything about it, other than the smiling people at games. So, so I had seen the trailer. It's it's one that I want to watch, but I'm still on my horror break right now. So maybe after Thanksgiving or maybe Wednesday night, this will be one I sit down and watch because I heard it was really good. So. Yeah. All right, then we have Nope on Peacock, streaming 1118, which has already happened. Two siblings running a horse ranch in California discover something wonderful and sinister in the skies above, while the owner of an adjacent theme park tries to profit from the mysterious otherworldly phenomenon. Nope. Nope. All right, so what have we watched this week? You want, why don't you start what, us What off? have you watched? Okay, so I've had a eventful week. Um, See that. I watched Uncle Buck, 
which I finished on Tuesday after watch because I had it on in the background recording last week, but um, which then led me to Sergeant Bilko. I, I love that movie, Steve Martin. That's a good movie. Uh, I watched Chef with uh, John Favreau and John Leguizamo about a guy that starts the uh, like a, a Cuban sandwich food truck and bonds with his son. I watched um, the Peanut awesome. Butter Falcon. Uh, no idea what that uh, is. Falcon. Oh, dude, that's a good movie. It's a um, about a uh, mentally disabled 22-year-old who wants to embark on a career as a pro wrestler, and he runs away from his uh, old folks' home that he lives at and encounters Shia LaBeouf, who's on the run from trouble that he's in, and then him and they... Was he actually in the movie, or did he just happen to come across Shia LaBeouf being in trouble for something that he did? He, he was really in the movie, and <laughs> so Shia LaBeouf and his, and his new friend, they go and they go to the home of the uh, uh, redneck... I can't remember the name right now, but the redneck something played by Thomas Hayden Church. And... Yeah, and then there's cameos by Jake Roberts and Mick Foley in it, so you know. Okay, he, he you, 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 your your class jumped seriously when you went from Jake to Mick Foley. So, yeah. <laughs> so I was so, going to ask which stage, Jake. <laughs> uh, this is a current day Jake, clean Jake. Uh, he actually looks in shape, and you know it's a touching story. Um, then I watched The Fanatic with John Travolta. That is a good movie. He plays this crazed fan of, um, Devin Sawa. And, and who, like, who, yeah. Uh, I watched this movie, Open Marriage, which was a kind of thriller. And it was okay. It wasn't the best. Uh, I did watch a Christmas Story Christmas, the new Christmas Story movie on HBO Max. Um, like most sequels that come out 30 years later, it, it was okay. <laughs> I then watched uh, Meet Dave with Eddie Murphy and uh, Elizabeth Banks. That's where he's an alien or like an alien inside a big human body. I watched Mr. Nanny. Anything to see Hulk Hogan in a pink tutu, you know? Uh, me and Hunter, we watched Epic Christmas, which is on HBO Max with, um, Neil Patrick Harris. It's kind of a, yeah. Uh, I watched Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. And then tonight I watched My Spy with Dave Batista mm. on Amazon Prime. That's a funny movie. Uh, I don't know if I've seen that. It's been on a lot. But I don't think yeah, it. it came out like a year or two years ago. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, so this week I, I watched uh, Analyze This and Analyze That. Uh, Billy Crystal, Robert De Niro. Good movies. Um, I got to criticize Robert De Niro's crying a little bit. But other than that, I mean, I like I like those. Those really quite funny. Uh, yeah. Movies. Uh, I'd never seen them before. Really? Yeah, I hadn't seen them. I hadn't actually sat through and watched them. 
Uh, and then I watched, uh, well, actually, I watched this a while ago. I just never made it onto a list because I had forgotten. But uh, I watched uh, Die in a Gunfight by Alexandra Daddario. Um, oh, is that the one where she dates the guy and the family's a feuding? Yeah, yeah. That was a pretty good movie. I, I enjoyed that a lot. Um, it was quite entertaining. Kept kept moving the whole time. Kept you guessing. Kept you thinking. It was a pretty good movie. Yeah. Uh, then uh, me and the family have been watching the Santa Claus to get ready to watch that new show there. So we've watched Santa okay. Claus and the Santa Claus 2. Um, watched uh, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, which I'm currently watching on mute over my shoulder, too. He's just got out of the shower. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> watched Clue, uh, which is actually rather funny. Uh, that's really a coincidence, uh, but we'll get into that later. And then uh, yesterday, I actually wound up watching Tomb Raider, not the one with Angelina Jolie, the newer one there. I actually thought that was pretty good. She's that, that girl there. She did a good job. I haven't now, seen that one yet. It is pretty good. I don't know if I saw the very end of it because I was kind of making dinner, but um, yeah, it was pretty good. Pretty good. Um, and then last but not least, and this brings me to, we're going to call it a nice little average callback here. Um, after recording last week, I was outside playing with the dogs and listening to an old episode of you and Kyle. A little disappointing comedy okay. here right now. But you guys discussed the movie Nope. And I was like, you okay. know, I've been, I've been meaning to watch it. And so last last Monday I sat down. I, I watched Nope. So I can give you my thoughts on it. Go over. Okay. Kyle thought it was great. And you, for some reason, thought it was a thinker. Um, uh, I, <laughs> I don't know where to begin. I mean, like. The mystery at the beginning, the, the, the stuff just falling from the sky and yep. killing Mr. Cool Voice there. Unfortunately, I can't remember his name, but, um, like that, that was cool. You know, it makes you think it was just a passing plane other than the fact that, you know, it was, you know, keys and change and, and all that yeah. stuff. Um, I mean, that, 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 that was pretty neat. Um, the, um, the house when it just, Unloads on it. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. You know, good, good, good visuals, good effects. A lot of the effects were pretty good. A lot of the visuals were pretty good. Yep. But I mean, it wasn't a thinker. I don't, I don't know where you got that. I mean, it was just, it, it, it's a predatory thing in the sky. Yeah. See, like the thing that that I thought made it think it was a thinker kind of like in my opinion was that um at certain points it would jump back and forth yeah you're trying to get the history and all that stuff yeah i mean all of that was a little bit yeah i get it he's trying to point out you know the hypocrisies and all this yeah racial inequalities and all that i get that but i don't know it was a horror movie it was a horror movie you know yes now, I have gone back and rewatched it since it came out on streaming or whatever. Oh, the Blu-ray came out. And I actually watched it to the end. I'm like when I was in the theater and I got up and yeah. walked out with the two people that I was with. But I, I like the concept. And it, uh, 
you know, besides the point of jumping back and forth, it's kind of a unique story. You don't like, you know, maybe close encounters of the third kind, but like this thing, nobody knows what it is. Nobody knew what it did. And it kept, kept you guessing, you know? I mean, but that's, you know, that's, I mean, yeah, it's another take on the same formula for all creature horror movies. Yes. I mean, it's, you know, I'm sorry, but the thing was definitely scarier as far as, you know, it could be anything. I mean, I get, yeah, it's up above, you know, it's been there. They don't know how long it's been there. Yeah. Um, and it's just hiding in plain sight as that cloud, but I mean, and you never know that yeah. could really happen. You you don't know what's in the, those it clouds. It probably is. I mean, like I said, I watched that uh, Skinwalker Ranch. That was a pretty fascinating documentary there. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, that's obviously based on you know the, the the whole note thing is probably loosely based somewhat on on the going ons going ons there. Um, yeah. So, but I mean, it, yeah, I mean, it, it was a good concept. I think it was just, you know, it, it was a clever way of retelling the same creature feature. Yeah. Especially I mean, nowadays. Yeah, see, with, yeah, yeah. Like with the modern technology that we have now, the phones, the laptops, the internet, shit like that, wireless cameras. And it just shuts everything down. Yeah, um, I mean it's again it, it it's just it was it's just a creature thing, you know. I don't know. I think I think it was just hyped up more based on everybody else's reactions to it. Yeah, and I was expecting more from it because I mean, yeah, I mean obviously I'm Scandinavian. <laughs> um, so, you know, it's 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 not a message that's meant really for me, but it's a message I see, I, I pick up, I hear it, you know. Um, and, I mean, Get Out was a good horror movie while delivering that, that message. Whereas I think Nope tried a little too hard on the message. Yeah. But, um, I mean, it really did, like, it didn't segregate amongst people. It sucked anybody up <laughs> yeah well no 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 i just mean their their story of their ranch and how they oh yeah it. yeah it's I, I think it you know it, can, it kind of showed the darker side of hollywood yeah but i think at that point the way she was being towards those people in yeah. the movies i was kind of like well if you're going to act like that in this professional setting yeah. I'm not gonna hire you. So it's because you know you don't go off on your own in something like I. Sh- if I just was like, oh, don't forget to listen to my podcast. It's over on you know right now. That you know that'd be doing the same thing. And that's I, I don't think. Yeah. So I, I think a little bit of it's a little bit self inflicted on that. But the um the movie was all right. I I don't think it was as as good as all the hype gave it. Yeah. Well, hopefully Kyle listens to this, and maybe he'll have... I mean, you guys kind of agreed that it was a good movie. My opinion has changed since watching it again. You know, but, like, this goes back to this, as we discussed with um, 
what was the movie a couple of weeks ago that I didn't like? Oh, Hitman's Wife and Hitman's Bodyguard. <laughs> yeah. You know, when you first watch, you have these expectations of, you know, this and that. But then when you see it, you're like, oh, well, that wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And it kind of disappoints you. So, you know, it took a second time for, but is that it? Is that, you got your gripe out of the way? All right. All right. Let's move on to the news. All right. So a week after the release of Weird, the Ali Yankovic story, director Eric, Eric Apple has landed his next project. Sony Pictures has tapped him to write and direct a new comedy feature titled Step Dude. Matt Tolmack, Jack Black, and Roz Music will act as producers. Yeah, so. look at that. Big hit on uh, Roku, and now he's got another movie right a week later. Yeah. Um, RLJE Films, Shudder, and AMC Plus have partnered and fully financed the highly anticipated thriller The Apology. We had recently learned the film will be released by RL, RLJE Films on December 16th in theaters and on streaming on Shutter and AMC Plus the same day. In the apology, 20 years after the disappearance of her daughter, recovering, recovering alcoholic Darlene Hagen, played by Anna Gunn, is preparing to host her family's Christmas celebration with her best friend Gretchen, played by Janine Garofalo. Late Christmas Eve, Darlene's estranged ex-brother-in-law, Jack, played by Linus Roach, arrives unannounced, bearing nostalgic gifts and a heavy secret. Soon, Darlene finds herself caught between reason and ruthless instinct, trapped together by a dangerous storm. A battle of wits escalates to a violent game of revenge. I see the trailer. This looks good. I've never heard of it. I'll give the trailer a look. Yeah. She was in Mystery Men, Janine Garofalo. Yes, she was. <laughs> Call back. All right. <laughs> Academy Award nominee Margot Robbie has revealed that plans for her to lead a Pirates of the Caribbean outing have been scrapped. The proposed project, which would have found Robbie taking over for Johnny Depp as the lead of the franchise, is now dead in the water at Disney. I mean, I'm not really surprised at that, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's the whole Don Johnny Depp situation has been shown for what it is. I think it, it will, he'll spend a little time out of the spotlight. He'll, you know, kind of go away for a little bit, and then he'll be back, and he'll be Johnny Depp again. Yeah. You know, once they found out that he was innocent, everything that was canceled was probably, like, fucking speed track. So Yeah. I mean, I would think it was completely innocent, but I mean, he, you know, was pretty clear that he wasn't, you know, a physical abuser or anything like yeah. that, you know, you know, the way she made it out to seem. Yeah. Um, so, interesting. I've never watched any of the Pyre movies. I have no interest. But, yeah, I've seen let's see what happens. They're, they're, they're entertaining. Yeah, I don't think I've seen a single one. I don't, I might own one, but, uh, Variety is reporting that James Wan and Jason Blum are in talks to merge, <coughs> excuse me, 
to merge Wands Atomic Monster and Blumhouse and Blum's Blumhouse Productions. The two Tara two horror titans are looking to form what Variety is describing as the mega house of chills and thrills over at Universal Pitches. Variety also notes that Blumhouse, known for its low budget approach to terror, is currently under a first look deal with Universal, which would extend to Atomic Monster as long as the deal closes. Wands first look deal with Warner Brothers ended earlier this year after nearly a decade. The New York Times reports also indicates that Blumhouse and Atomic Monster are already considering a sequel to next year's Megan, which is primed for box office success. Furthermore, Blum is pushing for Blumhouse to make at least eight horror movies to release in theaters each year, up from the three or four it has historically delivered. And he wants to make sure another slate of horror picks, horror flicks, for Peacock, NBC's Universal Streaming Service. Blumhouse also makes television series. I think this is a big thing if they end up merging. Yeah. So. I mean, I know a lot of the things I've, a lot of the higher movies I've watched have been Blumhouse, so. <clears throat> yeah. That's so, the name uh, I know. And James Wan, you know, the, the Conjuring series and. Yeah. Whatever else he's made, so. Yeah, could be, could be good, could be good. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Yep. All right. Earlier in the year, it was announced that Sega was looking to get a film adaptation made based on the classic beat 'em up series, The Streets of Rage, or Bare Knuckle if you're nerdy. Today, Lion Gates announced that they've acquired the rights for the film, which is being written and produced by Derek Colstad of John Wick and Nobody Fame. That's pretty cool. I mean, I used to play that game. Yeah. Arcades over at Mad Maggie's. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's, a, that's something I haven't There's heard. There's a callback for you. God, I miss that place. Play that hour of pool for a free pizza. Hell yeah. And the pizza yeah. was good. Yeah, it was. Oh, well. Things that'll never be again. Ah, it looks like the Salem's Lot movie is one very important step closer to actually seeing the light of day. Thank God. Based on Stephen King's novel of the same name, which was previously adapted as a TV miniseries, the film has been rated R by the folks at the MPAA. That means the adaptation is completely done in the can and is really just waiting on Warner Brothers to get off their hands and give them this thing a release date. I want them to. More Stephen King is only good. It cannot be bad. Yep. Um, I agree. Hopefully it's, it's a good adaptation. That's all I ask. Stephen King is always good for good movie, good book. Yeah. Um, and you missed there that it was given an R rating for bloody violence and language. Well. But, uh. So, Joe Bob's Ghoul Tide Get-Together, a special double feature and charity auction, will air Friday, December 16th, and only on Shudder. Um, I also forgot to put it in the notes, December 4th to the 10th, the movie crypt is having their annual Yorkie-thon. Um, instead of the 48 hours, this year it's going to be over seven days, but 48 hours in total. So, that way they don't kill themselves. They usually have Arwen's silent auction. Um, you can donate. All the money goes to save a Yorkie rescue. This will be the seventh year, I believe. Yeah. 
the seventh year. Okay. The upcoming action sequel, Fast 10, is reportedly now on track to be one of the most expensive movies ever made. According to a report by The Wrap, the budget for Fast 10 has now ballooned to an eye-watering and wallet-busting $340 million due to salaries for its A-list stars and drama behind the scenes. According to the report, sources with knowledge of the production have stated that Fast 10 has ended up costing the studio such a hefty sum due to numerous budget-busting elements, increased salaries for series star Vin Diesel and the rest of the franchise's ensemble cast, general increases in production costs caused by global inflation and charges for pandemic testing requirements mandated by COVID-19 safety protocols. I was just figuring it's just a rock, but he's not in this one, is he? I don't know. He might be. I don't know. I'm sure Vin Diesel brings the fucking shit out of him. Well, Catherine O'Hara, star of Tim Burton's Beetlejuice, has joined the cast of the upcoming sequel, as reported by the direct. O'Hara reportedly signed on for Beetlejuice 2, joining other returning act, returning stars like Winona Ryder and Michael Keaton. However, her involvement has not been officially confirmed. I'm willing to bet her husband will be listed as dead or something. Yes. <laughs> Considering he got bagged for what he got bagged for. <laughs> yes. Um, Nickelodeon's Good Burger 2 movie is officially in the works, and Kel Mitchell says the sequel film will leave fans of the original screaming when they see the star-studded cast. After posting teases for months, Mitchell officially confirmed they are reuniting that he's reuniting on screen with Keenan Thompson to bring back Ed and Dexter. Good Burger's iconic fast food fast food duo 25 years after they debuted. Who likes orange soda? Welcome Hell to Good Burger. Welcome to Good Burger, home of the Good Burger can to take your order. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'll see that in theaters. That's kind of towards the end of my, like, our kind of Nickelodeon watching yeah. them. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I remember it. I yeah. Remember it. <clears throat> I believe it started on all that, didn't it? Something like, yeah, something something like that. Yeah, Ah, Redbird Capital Partners has today confirmed details in that story that Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, and Jerry Cardinale are launching an artist-led studio that partners with filmmakers to empower creative vision and broaden access to profit participation. The new studio, Artist Equity, will seek to create entrepreneurial partnerships with filmmakers. Yeah, I mean, who better than Matt Damon and Ben Affleck to launch a studio, you know? All right, it's time for our picks of the week. What's your pick, Justin? All right, I am going with Clue, which I say that that's ironic because it's a coincidence because I actually didn't watch it before I picked it. Um, I told you I was picking Clue, and then I was I got home the other day and Clue was on, so I watched Clue. <laughs> <laughs> But six black male victims are invited to an isolated mansion by a man who knows a dark secret from each of their pasts. On arrival, each is given a pseudonym drawn from Clue before being introduced to the blackmailer. Each is handed a weapon, at which point the lights are switched off and the blackmailer is killed. 
Can the guests uncover the murderer before they all become victims? It was released December 13, 1985, directed by Jonathan Lynn, and it stars Tim Curry, Madeline Kahn, Christopher Lloyd, Leslie Ann Warren, uh, and uh, what's that guy's name? Michael uh, McKeon? Yeah, I believe so. Good movie. Haven't seen it in years. Might I have love to that movie. That one. I love that movie. Tim Curry is spectacular as always. Just such a good movie. Running around. And yeah. Love the game, too. I've been dying to, I've been dying to play <clears> the game. <throat> I don't know. That's what I forgot. But I was going to bring it up in housekeeping, but I'm going to bring it up now. Um, so we actually got a free board game in a Facebook Buy Nothing thing. And it is Back to the Future. Back in time. Really? Yes. Um, I'm game. guessing. Yes, you've never heard of it, I'm guessing. Um, let me tell you something. I had never heard of it until I opened up the bin and it was in there, but it's complicated. <laughs> does it have flying cars? No, but it does have a DeLorean. It does come with a DeLorean. Um, okay. It's a really, really complicated game. There's a lot of, lot of, lot of things you have to do, but it's a cooperative game. You're all, everybody's playing together to make sure that Marty exists. Um, <clears throat> so it's a pretty cool game. I was just, I just thought of it. Um, yeah. Um, but it's it's a board cool. game. Yeah, extremely complicated. Probably not. It's actually boxes over there. It says ages 10 plus. All my kids are under. Under that, um, but we all played it. It's oh. Difficult, but seems like a fun game. Oh, I might have to look that up. Was it a recent release, or was it like... It looks pretty new. It's from Funko, so yeah, I'd say it's pretty new. Okay. <clears throat> That's probably why I've never heard of it. But uh, my pick of the week is 8-Bit Christmas. Uh, in the nineteen eighty in nineteen eighty Chicago, a ten year old embarks on the quest to get the latest and greatest video game system for Christmas, which was the Nintendo. Uh it was initially released on November twenty fourth, two thousand and twenty one on HBO Max, directed by Michael Douse, and stars Neil Patrick Harris and Steve Zahn. Uh, definitely worth checking out. No, it's a fun movie. I'm definitely, I already watched it with the kids. It was really good last year when we watched it. Especially if you grew up in the 80s and played the friggin' Nintendo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Hunter didn't believe me that it was a real thing. Oh, my kids know they played it. <laughs> yeah, I, I showed him, like, a, the real Paperboy when we were done, because I have that uh, emulator. Yeah. So. <clears throat> All right. Shall we jump into our main topic this week? Yes, we shall. Well, celebration of Thanksgiving happened this week. Uh, We are going to discuss planes, trains, and automobiles. Easily excitable Neil Page is somewhat of a control freak, trying to get home to Chicago to spend Thanksgiving with his wife and kids. His flight is rerouted to a distant city in Kansas because of a freak snowstorm. And his sanity begins to fry. Worse yet, he is forced to bunk up with the talkative Dale Griffith. 
whom he finds extremely annoying. Together, they must overcome the insanity of holiday travel to reach their intended destination. Originally released on November 25th, 1987, directed by John Hughes, had a box office of 49.5 million U.S. dollars and had a budget of 15 million dollars. And the cast was Steve Martin as Neil Page, late freak John Candy as Del Griffith, Layla Robbins as Susan Page, Michael McKean as State Trooper, Kevin Bacon as Man Running for Taxi, <laughs> Dylan Baker as Owen, Lulie Newcomb as Owen's wife, Olivia Burnett as Marty Page, Larry Hankin as Doobie, Richard Hurd as Walt, Matthew Lawrence as Neil Page Jr., Edie McClurg as car rental agent, Bill Irwin as man on the plane, Ben Stein as the Wichita Airport representative, Diana Dill as Peg, Charles Tyner as Gus Mooney, Lyman Ward as John, Martin Ferrero as second motel clerk, and William Wyndham as Mr. Bryant, the indecisive client. (laughs) All right. So what did you think of the – let's start with the story. I mean, this 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 (laughs) – The whole thing from start to start to end is, I mean, it's far-fetched. It's this day and age, you know, a lot of what goes on here, you're just not going to find yourself in anymore. Um, But, I mean, just, I could see all of that stuff happening to me. Every single one of them, one right (laughs) after the other. Just one big, long, steamrolling ball of shit just falling on you and, you just got to keep going through it. I mean, the car fire. <laughs> that's 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 the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, like they definitely cover every aspect of travel. Yeah, and you know, here in the United States, the week of Thanksgiving—that's the busiest, one of the busiest times of the year. Kids coming home, people going to visit family. But, you know, the um, the exterior of the aircraft was actually reused of the 707 flying through the storm in the movie Airplane, which was also released by Paramount Pictures. <laughs> well, yeah, you reuse this stuff. That's how you make a profit. Yeah. I mean, just... Just all of it, from him being dropped off in the middle of the rental car lot to finding no car, and the bus shuttle is just driving away, and that 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 is something that I, I don't blame him for getting back there, just completely screaming at the poor desk lady. I've done that to companies on the phone. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> Actually, about that scene, the marathon car rental scene is exactly one minute long from the time Steve Martin starts his, his triad, triad to the time the attendant ends the scene. In those 60 seconds, the F word is used 19 times. And the, the film would have been PG instead of PG-13 by the MPAA if it weren't for this one scene. I mean, it is. It, it's a great scene. I mean, you 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 feel it. You believe it. Everything he says, everything he's, he's spouting, that like you feel 
we have all age. been there. We have all been there at one point Every or another. One of us. Every one um, of us. I'm really glad our road trip didn't end up like theirs. Yeah, definitely. Because if, if you would if you would talk like him, I'd have fucking dropped you out of a window. <laughs> Just kicked you right out the door. All right, so the story: guy tries to get home, and he keeps encountering this what would become a pain in his ass and Dale Griffith and actually Steve Martin and John Candy both said this was one of their favorite movies that they've made. I can see it. I mean, it, it just, just their chemistry together in this movie. I mean, it, you, you can tell they were, they, they were enjoying it. You know, there's a lot of movies where, you know, the, the, the co-stars may not always get along. and You can see it in the relationship between the characters, yes. you know. Um, but with them, I mean, it's it's perfect. I mean, the delivery, you know, you, you, you believe that he is on his last goddamn nerve, you know. He was on his last nerve when... He tripped over his fucking box <laughs> yep. or his trunk. Like that was his bed. Yep. And then every once in a while, he just he just flips out just enough that he then has to make up for it again. And he's no longer the you know, <laughs> you know he's no longer the good guy giving pity on him. Now he's the bad guy again. And you gotta yes. get back in the good graces again. So yeah. So the um. Steve Martin talked in an interview about his late co-star John Candy and his similarities with the character Dell. Well, Steve Martin was quoted as, well, he was a very sweet guy, very sweet and complicated. And so he was always friendly and always outgoing and, you know, funny, nice and polite. But I could tell he kind of always had a broken heart inside of him. So, I mean... That was kind of the the same character that he played in the movie, you know. You know, with his, uh, you think he's married, you think he's happy with his wife and whatever, but it turns out she's dead. Yep. I mean, yeah. I mean, and and, and he again, you know, Candy was good at at playing that. You know that that. Overtly nice, lovable buffoon. Yes. You know, he was Homer Simpson before Homer Simpson was a thing. Um, <clears throat> and he's just so believable in it that you, you, you just, you, you follow what the character tells you. You know, you know, you, you believe everything he's saying and then that the reveal at the end that she's dead. It's just, you know, you feel for him. Yeah. And actually, John Goodman was considered for the role of Dale Griffith, and Rick Moranis was considered for the role of Dale. How do you think that would have played out? I don't think it would have been. I don't think it would have become the classic that it is. No. I mean, don't get me wrong. Rick Moranis, great actor, but I picture him more Dell. I, I think with Dell, they were kind of going towards the bigger, heavy set guy because you look at John Goodman back in the eighties. He was heavy. Yeah. yeah, but I think that Rick Moranis I don't I don't know that he would have been 
as good as the crotchety um, Uber yeah. controller. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think he, he would have had to have been the happy-go-lucky talker. Yeah, and Steve Martin, he definitely had that look about him. Yeah. You I mean, know, just Steve uh, Martin's always looked like, you know, the middle-aged father, you know. Yeah. The hair and all that, so. But, yeah, I mean. I just I don't oh, think I could picture him, Rick Moranis, being Steve Martin in this movie. Yeah. They definitely had a good choice. Um. So with the story, John Hughes wrote this in about five days, and it was actually based off of his a personal experience of his, where his flight was delayed to Kansas from New York to, I believe, Chicago. I believe he said. So, you know, to pop out a script like that in three days. So, what did you think I mean, of the music? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I mean, travel and bad travel experiences are probably one of the, you know, the the biggest inspirations for movies. Yeah. You know, I mean, it, it has to be. I mean, there's so much, you know, there's so much stuff that happens on a vacation that you just, mm-hmm. if it happened to you at home, you wouldn't fucking believe it. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's where the strangest shit happens to you is when you're on vacation or when you're out traveling. That's where you meet the weirdest people, the strangest people. You know, that that that's where that's where inspiration strikes. And it may you not know? be funny at the time, but when you really sit back and think about anything that's yeah. happened, like that's when you're like, you know, that that was kind of fucking funny. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. If you're sitting in a car for 55 plus hours with two cats in a box and <laughs> neither one has slept for that almost 55 hours, you know, when you, when you look back, it's kind of comical that we put ourselves through that. That we fucking survived. <laughs> yeah. Especially when somebody almost drove off the road in Chicago. Hey, look at that. Um, <laughs> Hey, guess what part I'm at in the movie? <laughs> <laughs> Almost drive off the road. <laughs> so, there wasn't really many effects in it, but, yeah, like, the scene in the hotel. Well, but, no, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm at it now, where he's playing with the chair in the car. Oh, that was... power seat. Oh yeah. I mean that that was that 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 whole scene and he, you know the the seat all of a sudden shifts way over to the left and he smashes him while he's driving. <laughs> that was actually one of the scenes that got Steve Martin involved. That and the car rental scene. Yeah, because I mean that 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 scene is like uh, I get that you you you've been traveling with somebody long enough and they start playing with the things like fucking stop making that goddamn noise. <laughs> Are you going to break it? <laughs> you know? Well, thankfully, we didn't have that issue on our trip because no. that thing was packed to the brim with your stuff. So, you know, the um, I love the scene when he's playing the piano while he's driving. Yeah. And he's got the cigarette in his mouth and he's playing the trumpet. <laughs> he's got the cigarette back in. And then he thinks he flicks it out the window and it fucking bounces into the back seat. 
And he's trying to take his jacket off, and he hooks <laughs> it. <and he> <laughs> Yeah. You know, that scene is classic. Um, so the directing, I can't imagine this was an easy movie to direct with the constant outside. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, especially shutting down uh, train stations, airports. But John Hughes did a hell of a job with this movie. And this is actually one of the uh, few John Hughes films where none of the main characters are teenagers. Mm-hmm. And Kevin Bacon was fifth in the credits despite only appearing in the beginning of the film and having about a minute of screen time. But loose. <laughs> That's pretty much it. <laughs> uh let's let's see. Um So there is a uh end credit scene where Nils boss is still at his desk analyzing the ads. His Thanksgiving dinner is sitting on his desk. <laughs> like how many times have you been there where you're at work and you just want to go home and they're fucking waiting for something and they're waiting? That used to happen to me in the military all the time. It happens to me at jobs all the time. Waiting for a yeah. boss to download. Doesn't want to download. Something goes wrong in the system. They wait for somebody to come fix it. Yes. So, yeah. did you notice... When Steve Martin trips over uh, John Candy's tuck trunk, the name on his name on it, it said Del O. Griffith, C.O., American Light Fixtures Shower Curtain Ring Division, P.O. Box 60608, Chicago, Illinois. So the initials of Dell's name spells out dog, which five months before the release of the film, John Candy appeared in Spaceballs playing a character named Barf, who was half man and half dog. Yes. He's his own best friend. Yes. <laughs> so I think that was a cool little nod. Um, let's talk about the scene when they're in the hotel. <laughs> Oh, and God. wake up in the morning. <laughs> Where's your other hand? <laughs> yeah, those aren't pillows. <laughs> <laughs> Just in the ten minutes that they're in the hotel room, the start, and Steve Martin goes to take a shower, and it's fucking a, a mess. Yeah, towels I've, are all wet. <laughs> yeah, I've been in hotels with people where that has happened, and it's fucking disgusting yeah. um, and then when he's in bed on the automatic bed with the, the bear and spills all over the place <laughs> yeah and just to make matters worse somebody breaks into the room and steals their money which they then in turn accuse each other well of course you're gonna I mean, there's only two people in a room yeah I'm glad we did not stay at any hotels on our trip. Yes, sir. 
All right, so let's see. Um, how about the length of the movie? About an hour and 33 minutes? It's pretty good. Maybe. Sorry. Not too long. You know, good action and comedy throughout kept, kept you interested. Yeah. You know, the slows were, weren't long, punctuated by, you know, great action or great comedy. Like <laughs> after he spins out from almost oh, yeah. the car, and he gets on the highway going the wrong direction. Oh, I love that! Trying scene. to warn them, telling them they're, they're going, going the wrong, wrong way. way. How do you know? You don't know where we're going. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Martin's like, wow, he really, they really don't know where we're going. So how do they know? <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, you know, there's so many memorable moments. There, there was a, a um, a uh, there was a commercial for I believe it was a coffee brand, and they took George Clooney and cut him into different scenes of movies and cars, and they actually used the scene with John Candy driving, mm-hmm. but it was uh, deleted from the commercial. But uh, how about the scene when they're driving in between the two trucks? Yep. And, and you know, Steve Martin looks over at friggin' John Candy's and he's the devil. And yeah. Are they both <laughs> yeah, skeletons? Those are the skeletons, yes. Yeah. That's about you what happening right now. <laughs> you know, he's doing the whole <laughs> pretending to be Trump. Yeah. yeah. And then... He looks out and sees the divider and <laughs> realizes what's about to happen. <laughs> so when he's um, selling the um, the uh, shower curtain rings, which I believe... Money. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is uh, Liza Minnelli's personal earring, you know. Or, yeah. Uh, no, he's a salesman. People in small towns will believe anything. Okay, so there was a deleted scene where Nail and Dell were going were going to go into a strip club to find a phone after their car caught on fire. Actress Deborah Lamb, who had been featured in the scene, had no idea her scene was cut until the official screening of the movie of the film. That would fit right in with everything else that had gone wrong with them. You know. Yep. Yep, yep. I mean, I can see why they would cut it. So the original cut of the movie was three hours long. Jesus. The um the Braidwood in sequence was much longer. So the uh the scenes included Dell orders a pizza and a six pack of beer using money he takes out of Nail's wallet. The incident is mentioned in the dialogue of the final film. He only gives the delivery boy a $1 tip. The delivery boy hangs around the motel lobby and then breaks into... Okay, so that's who broke into the room. Mm-hmm. So that would make sense. Yep. Um, John Hughes originally wanted Tom Hanks for the role of Neil Page and John Travolta for the role of Del Griffith. Hanks was unavailable because he was shooting big and Paramount want. Paramount executives did not want Travolta in the movie because he was considered box office 
box office poison at the time. I don't think this would have been the same movie. No, no, Travolta, no. Tom Hanks, he's too nice of a guy to, he's got that too nice of a look to. Yeah, but I can picture him being Dell. Yes. <laughs> Just, you know, that overtly nice guy. Although I, so, I think he'd be less sympathetic. Yes. I think Neil would have been would have seemed more mean than he comes off in, in as in this movie. I mean, yeah, he gets pretty mean, but I think if he did it to someone like Tom Hanks over John Candy, it would have come off even yeah even harsher. So, what is your favorite scene in the movie? I mean, it's, it, there's so many that are so good. But I, it's got to be the rental car. I mean, we've all been there. When he just lays into the lady. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's got to be the desk there. And it's just her delivery. And, and that lady, she is great in everything she's ever in, too. Um, I mean, so good. Yeah. So My favorite good. scene. Well, you're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I will be adding some clips throughout, throughout the, the podcast, and I think that's going to be one of them. <laughs> but, um. I think my favorite scene would have to be, uh, you know, when they're driving on the road with the rent a car and it catches, oh, they're sitting on the trunks and it catches fire and he nails him in the stomach and he's like, hey, that's how Harry Houdini, Harry Houdini died. <laughs> you know, um. You'd like to do that right now. <laughs> man, okay. we should have just done a watch along with this. <laughs> We're going to put this on our list to do a watch-along one day. Um, all right. Would you recommend this movie? Absolutely. This is – you should watch this around Thanksgiving. Yes. Every year. This this is a great movie. If I you're usually, going to do a – if you're going to do a long trip, watch it before you take your trip. No. Because <laughs> if I had watched this before you asked me to go drive cross-country, I would have told you to go fuck yourself. Yeah, probably, and then I would have driven it myself. But it wouldn't have been as much fun. Nope, and I probably would have crashed and died. Yes. <laughs> I would also recommend this movie. Um, how many mugs are you giving it, Justin? Oh, this gets a four and a half. A wonderful movie, it... a classic. I mean, come on. I'm giving it a five mugs. Because I love it. I watch it every year around Thanksgiving. So that concludes Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Um, you guys, if you haven't seen it, check it out. It's available on Blu-ray, DVD, now 4K as of tomorrow. Let's see if it's streaming anywhere. Used to be on Netflix, but I don't think it is anymore. Uh, I should have looked this up. I gotta stop playing. Yeah, probably. 
What are you going to do? I'm watching it on Voodoo. It is available on Fabo, Paramount Plus, AMC Plus, Pluto TV. So it's available on Pluto TV. You can watch it there with commercials. Or if you have a Paramount or AMC Plus subscription, it's available to rent on Amazon, Google Play, YouTube, Voodoo, Microsoft, Redbox, AMC Theaters on Demand, Apple TV, and DirecTV for about two ninety nine or three ninety nine, and it's available to buy on all those services. Oh, and by the way, had Neil, if Neil and Dell had just stayed at the airport, they probably would have made it back to Chicago just in time. Yeah, probably. A, a scene played shortly after Neil's after. A scene that played shortly after shows Neil's wife watching the news, which said O'Hare is clearing up. So, all that trouble for nothing because you're impatient. That's how that happens. That's always what gets you in trouble. All right. So, before we close the bar, I want to have a quick little discussion. We're going to do this for the next couple of weeks up until Christmas. Um, is it a Christmas movie? Uh, you know, the big debate is uh, Die Hard. Is that a Christmas movie? So I found some other films that could be considered a Christmas movie due to certain aspects of the movie. So this week, we're going to discuss Lethal Weapon. Justin, is that a Christmas movie? No. Why do you say no? Being it being Christmas time or around Christmas time is irre- it's really irrelevant to the story. It's Even though some pivotal scenes take place involving Christmas trees, I mean, yeah, so could have been and, and also, you know, soup. That's important. Yeah, but I think I think it could qualify as a Christmas movie. It starts off with like Christmas music. Kind of, sort of, and, um, you know, the scene when he's in the tree lot. I think that plays a pivotal role. I think the holidays in general play a role because that kind of helps push the suicide angle of Mel Gibson's character, Briggs. And he, he does use Christmas weapons at the end, or Christmas decorations as weapons. I mean, I don't know. I just I don't, I don't think it's necessary to the story. Granted, even with Die Hard, the fact that it's a Christmas party isn't necessary to the story, other than it's a good cover for those people to get in there in during a quiet time and get what they need to get. Um, so I, I feel that Christmas, it being Christmas, is more relevant and important to Die Hard than it is to Lethal Weapon. I think Lethal Weapon, you know, him, you know, selling Christmas trees, he could have just as easily been selling, you know, packs of cigarettes out of the back of a truck like Eddie Murphy in Beverly Hills Cop. Um, or Or selling TVs out of the back of a truck, you know, to get the same kind of point across. Um, yeah, I mean, you could use the holidays and, you know, the whole, you know, uh, suicidal character thing, but they 
they didn't play that link very much. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, I just, I don't think it's important enough to the story. I think that with Lethal Weapon, it, it, it could have happened any time and been the same movie. Yeah, yeah, so we use some Christmas trees and use some decorations as weapons. I mean, that's just right place, right time. If it was Halloween, you probably would have used Halloween decorations. You know what I mean? So, okay. I don't know. Well, let us know what you think on social media, if you think it's a Christmas movie or not. Um, and if Kyle joins us next week, we'll try to get his take on it. But there is a whole list of movies that they say could fall into Christmas, but see how ridiculous they get. All right. Oh, the bar is now closed. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow us and stay up to date with the podcast at the Movie Bar Pod on Twitter, at Movie Bar Podcast on Instagram, and at the Movie Bar Podcast on Facebook. And get your official Movie Bar t-shirts at bonfire.com slash store slash Movie Bar Podcast. We are on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Podcast, Anchor Podcast, Google Podcast, and all places you listen to podcasts. And be sure to check out our website, moviebarpod.com. Join our whatnot using our link at whatnot.com forward slash invite forward slash the movie bar and get 15, get a $15 credit for free. Come on, 15 free dollars just for signing up. Thank you for listening. Please let us know what you want to hear by contacting us on our social media and via email at the movie bar at outlook.com. Please like, review, and subscribe to the podcast and also have a safe and happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. <laughs> so long. Thanks for listening. Happy Jericho Day. <laughs>